The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Guru. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced, even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is the Intrepid Trio, Kylan, Eric, and myself, Mike. Uh, and of course, it was Thursday who brought us in tonight, like she always does. Um, but also joining us, um, we give him an agent name because he has a nickname already that we could just add agent to. Um but he's one of the editors at the Toy Insider, uh, a part-time editor as well over on the Pop Insider, and works at the ToyBox.com. Toy Book. So there's the Toy Book, the, book. the Toy Insider, and the Pop Insider, senior editor of all three. And that voice right there is Agent Rockfather himself, James Zahn. How's everyone doing? Good. Happy to be in the lair for a change. <laughs> yes. Oh, that'll change. <laughs> he, he has joined the Smugglers Three over on the Hyperspace channels. Um, so he's uh, he has been on Geek Watch One, uh, but he is joining us in the above ground underwater suborbital volcano lair tonight. So if you can understand all that and can picture where that is, then more power to you. <laughs> <laughs> so we we brought James on because part of part of our partnership with Pop Insider is we have folks on every couple months to keep us up to date on toys, collectibles, other pop culture news that they may get that we miss, which we tend to miss quite a bit. But we do try and get a story from Pop Insider on each week. Uh, if there is a new story to, to bring on, um, sometimes there's not. But w if there is, we, we make sure we get that on. So um, I'm trying to remember who we had on last. What, was it Maddie? 
Were you not paying attention either? <laughs> it's <laughs> it had to be Maddie or Madeline, I, I would assume. Um, could have been Allie. She might have dropped by. It wasn't Allie. Uh, that was Madeline. Was it Madeline? Pretty sure it was Madeline. That sounds right. Probably. She's very well versed in Marvel. Big MCU yes. fan. Big yeah. into uh, soundtracks and scores. Uh, but she she runs uh, essentially the daily news on the Pop Insider. She is generally um, keeping an eye out and uh, assigning that news as it comes in throughout the day. See now, now I'm double checking. <laughs> no, I don't need to pull up Mandalorian. Um, it was at actually Maddie back in no, it's been March. Yeah, it's it been that been long. Yeah, yeah. See, the thing is, though, we cross pollinate. Just like you guys cross pollinate all your shows, right. we we right. cross pollinate things. We cross pollinate here because we have three magazines, and then you know we make the podcast rounds, and we're all big kids anyway. So you want to talk Marvel? We talk Marvel. Want to talk Star Wars? We'll do that too. <laughs> I guess See, that's like the dream job, man. That's like the dream job. It is. I could have sworn we had someone else on since then. Nope. And we're long overdue. So, yeah. Well, actually, I think this may be the first since the arrangement began. Um, I don't know. It doesn't sound right. Anyway, it doesn't matter. James is here tonight. So a lot has happened in the Marvel world. Uh, we've talked about some, uh, but Hasbro has brought to us a lot of Fan First Fridays and Fan First Tuesday that was all Marvel-based? They've done a lot of Fan First. Uh, we, we were kind of joking about it because when they started, it, the alliteration with the Fan First Friday made a lot of sense. But then they started working around things, working around other holidays and um, then social issues that we've had in our country and such where doing it on a particular Friday might not have been in good taste. So we've we've had it on Tuesday. We've had it on Monday. Um, I'm pretty sure by the end of the year we'll have we will have at least had it on every day that ends in day. So we should be all good. Um, they they should have it totally covered in, in one way or another. Especially because you know we're missing out we're missing out on stuff. We're missing out on Comic Con. New York Comic Con is is done. Uh, we are going to have this cool Hasbro Pulse uh, Con coming up here in about a week or so. That's right. Um, you know, that's going to be happening. So there's um, there's definitely things happening, but it's not the same. The Hasbro team, of course, has always been big on making the fan rounds, setting up stuff. And uh, as we look ahead till fall, it was always kind of a cool thing, you know, to see what else was going to get revealed in New York. Last year, we were we were lucky enough. We had a Pop Insider booth. It was our first year at New York Comic Con. We would have done it again this year but last year we had a lot of activations at the pop insider booth one of which was hasbro had uh, a two foot by eight foot section and they had brought out their their last Haslab pro uh, project at the time which was the the big unicron it was gigantic oh yeah and it, if oh, you my. if you came to new york comic-con and you wanted to see Unicron, you had to come to the Pop Insider booth to see it. Uh, you know, it would have been cool to do something like that again this year, especially because this year is Marvel. It's the Sentinel. You know, they just did the, the Sentinel project. It would have been perfect for it. But uh, so it's, it's going to be kind of cool to see what's uh, 
what's coming up and coming out that they're going to reveal at uh, at their own little Hasbro PulseCon. And how how cool would that have been if Mighty Marvel Geeks was there with the Pop Insider and did the joint unveiling Could with happen. Hasbro? You know, it, it's like the uh, the uh, two. Yeah, 2020 is basically a whole big year full of what if. Yep. I, yeah, it's breaking my heart, man. It's killing me. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty wacky, but yeah, Hasbro Hasbro's cranking out so much stuff. Honestly, I can't keep track of all the the Marvel Legends that are coming out because every time you turn around, they're introducing a new wave. But now they're not really introducing a wave at a time. It's like a wave plus. So you get like one or two waves plus a bunch of random stuff too, and they've got the vehicles and uh, it's it's a ton of stuff. So I, I don't know. What, do you, any of you guys collect the Legends figures? Not yet. Uh, I me personally now I am probably look looking into um, Spider Man and Cap, unless I can find on eBay um, Gwimple and uh, what's the what's the other one I was looking at. Gwimple. There are so there are so many that to start now you would have to do it by really focusing on stuff that you're really into personally and right. not be a completist. I couldn't imagine the financial toll that being a completist that collects Marvel Legends would take because these figures are at minimum twenty bucks a piece. Yep, they go up there. And uh, for example, you know, let's let's talk about the uh, Hasbro PulseCon for a second. So this is. September 25th and 26th, they're going to be revealing stuff we don't know about yet, and not just Marvel. They're going to be doing G.I. Joe, Magic the Gathering, Power Rangers, Transformers, Star Wars, Ghostbusters, Dungeons and Dragons at this event. But um, they, they've already said that a couple things that have been announced that haven't been for sale yet are going to be on sale during those two days oh, wow. at HasbroPulse.com. So folks that are looking for that Marvel Legends six inch Hellfire Club collection, that's eighty bucks. And that's going on sale seventy nine ninety nine during that event. It, and then there That was supposed to be the San Diego Comic Con exclusive, wasn't it? It was. And the other one is the X Men, the Marvel's Logan and Charles Xavier two fa- two pack. That's uh forty nine ninety nine. And that would have been a summer exclusive, too. Maybe New York. I think that one was San Diego, though, as well. But those two, for sure, are going to be on sale at HasbroPulse.com during the Hasbro Pulse count. Well, it's, it seems like Hasbro's been consistent uh, with Marvel, Marvel Legends, the uh, G.I. Joe Classified, Star Wars Black Series. They're all hitting that 1999 price point for the 6-inch. That, yep, that's, been, that's been consistent. Um I, I guess since we're talking Marvel Legends, let's back up some. How we we kind of touched on it on on Wookie Radio this week, uh, and those of you on Sorcerer Radio heard us talk, just talk about it. Black Widow supposed to release back in May. All the merch came out, no matter despite the fact that the movie got pushed back. Now the movie's being pushed back for a potential November December release. There's no merch. Merch is already come and gone to support the film. Do do you? Is there a chance we're going to see new merch coming or or a second, to, to go with the comic book phrasing, a second printing of the merch that's already for, for no, Widow for, to tie in with the movie? For Black Widow, I don't think that's going to be the case. And this is actually, this is something that um, I, I've been covering personally now 
the the entire time that the pandemic has been in effect, actually, it started at Toy Fair New York back in February. That was where the first conversations about the licensed merch tied into movies really started beginning. Because even though we weren't really looking at the idea of a full-blown pandemic on U.S. soil, you got to remember at the end of – even though it was the end of February and it was two weeks away from the whole world shutting down, at that exact moment, it was still very much in the, the public psyche. This was an Asian problem. It was on the right. other side of the world. Yeah. But for the toy industry – we were there in New York, and our friends from China had already been banned from coming to the U.S. So the China Pavilion that takes place every year at the Javits Center was already canceled. So we were kind of already seeing a taste of things to come. And where it really first hit with the with the movies where it was like, okay, we have a problem, was Trolls. Trolls World Tour. Mm-hmm. Um, Hasbro was the master toy licensee, but they had um, products with everybody. I mean, they had Trick Cereal, you know, free ticket to Trolls movie, movie cash, all that stuff, fruit snacks and gummies and clothing and all of it. It was all in stores already uh, January, February. And as I put it uh, a couple months ago when somebody asked me about it, I said, you know, you couldn't stop the Trolls train, literally Every major Walmart store in the country had a 12-foot pallet train of Trolls merchandise that was already in those stores by the first week of March. So somehow they had to react to that, and of course they did the the digital rental, and then they did right. uh, they they ended up still getting their video window. But um, Marvel specifically is lucky that this year is not like the previous years where there would have been two or three big movies stacked in where we would have had a spring, summer, winter type of thing happening. Um, Black Widow, you know, basically because they went heavy on the Marvel Legends wave, which that was out in March, collectors, they already spent that money. Mm -hmm. Those toys, they're already in on the Marvel Legends. They're going to buy that entire wave regardless. It doesn't even matter, you know, don't even really get into like the peg warming situation with some of these things. They're going to right out of the gate buy those and that hit. But people sometimes forget that the bread and butter for the toy company still is kids. So where it hurts with like a Black Widow is when you get into the cheaper figures or the role play items. Like now Hasbro does a lot of stuff where they'll have like the risk blasters or gauntlets with like a nerf. function in it and stuff that's the type of stuff that needs the movie to sell it and then outside of that you have the tie-in apparel is a big thing um you have dress up which at this point too and it's one of those things that like the general public might not realize how tied into the dress up category the toy makers are now like you know um disguise costumes for example um they're owned by Jack Specific. Um, then you've got Rubies, which is the number one costume maker in the world for licensed costumes, but they're in Chapter 11 right now. They're still putting out product, but they're in the midst of bankruptcy um, because all of this is happening, and we're looking at Halloween, and all of these companies have increasingly had booths at our conventions that we talk about because the dress-up, the Black Widow dress-up, is little kids' gateway into cosplay. 
Mm-hmm. And over the past three or four years, these companies have realized that. Um, then you filter over to our friends at Funko, who've had disastrous numbers that haven't been as bad as people thought they would be. I mean, they were even predicting 60% drop and ended up being in like the high 30s, so it wasn't as bad. But um, that product is out there. The ship has sailed, literally, because this stuff, there's there's a lead time on it where it's on the boat and it's coming over here. And now what we're seeing is not so much an issue of like getting fresh product out of Asia, but getting it into the States because there's kind of a log jam at the ports, which is completely pandemic related because there was a, there was sort of a hiccup in the supply chain where stuff wasn't coming in and now it's all coming in. So your boat's coming in, but so are 50 other guys. So a little more into the nuts and bolts of it. But, yeah, it it causes an effect. And then um, so to get a a second pressing, as Mike said, or like a second printing, um, that's that's really going to be hard to do for a movie like Black Widow. Fortunately, some of the other stuff in the pipeline, like the Eternals and all of that, I mean, that's far enough off. They should be fine. Um, But one that we did see and it's it's not um, not really Marvel related at all, but um, the Minions movie, that one, too. All of the product had already hit shelves, but Mattel was able to hold like three good SKUs that they think will be hot that they were able to hold till next summer. Mm-hmm. So they at least had a little bit of time to be able to pull that off. But I haven't heard of anything similar with that. Um, though I do think um, Black Widow has some pretty good Disney exclusive items like Shop Disney and Disney Store with uh, some of the apparel and the accessories and stuff, which I'd imagine those will probably be more available um, than any of the, like the any of the traditional toys we think of. Okay. Um, do you think that uh, like okay, even though this the product had come out, yeah, you know, winter, late winter, early spring, do you think that let's say the movie is released uh, November, that you might get that second wave of interest? You'll get the interest, but the product is probably already gone. Because the stores have already reset for fall, Uh, and Black Widow wasn't in their plan for that unless – and this is, again, where it messes up sort of the entire chain – is unless they were plotting for what would have been the home video window, Mm -hmm. which would have been right about where the movie theoretically could come out now. Right. Um, so there might be some stuff if they were if they were planning anything special for home video, that stuff would already be in the supply chain. Yeah. Um, so that that could help. But uh, yeah, that's it's going to be it's going to be wonky. I mean, stuff for Mulan was already on clearance at Target in June and that just came out on September 1st. Yeah. Um, so it, it's a weird situation. So and, and since no one has ever dealt with it before. There's really been no accepted right or wrong way of doing it. Some of the stores have clearance product just to get it out of there. Others are letting it sit on the shelf and collect dust. Um, And then the third and kind of probably the worst scenario for it is, um, you know, you you put it put it in a warehouse and you're basically paying rent on your merchandise till question mark. 
so right. you're able to sell it. Um, so you're you're cutting you're you're cutting in your profit margin every single day. And a lot of this stuff doesn't have really like a lot of meat on the bone anyway. So that's why they get it in and they get it out, um, in and out on this business. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a whole different thing for Black Widow. It's definitely not going to be what we traditionally see with a Marvel movie when it comes to the merch, and that's that's unfortunate. Right. Now, I will, I will say, like, I, like when it comes to the Marvel Legends uh, figures – I I have I have a ton of figures as it is, so it's a question of space for me. But I will say somebody must have gone through my comic collection because I see that they have. So there there's War Machine that's out now. War Machine looks great. Uh, there's also Moon Knight, and then there's also Armored Daredevil, which I'm like, why? You know, is that's really for me a shut up and take my money situation? But I mean, there are those the are those figures. I mean, that that's not really what's going to like. It's even in, in this particular situation, that's not going to help. I don't know, keep the toy industry afloat right now, is it? Because, like you said, it's still ultimately kids. But yeah, the collector stuff's still going to do fine, and it is doing fine. Like right now, collectibles are actually doing very well. Um, some of the stuff that um, Mike mentioned before, like the G.I. Joe classified and whatnot, stores mm-hmm. cannot keep that in stock. I have yet to they see just, it in stores. Yeah, and there's a huge cluster going on right now with Target because Target got a subline, which is G.I. Joe classified series Cobra Island or special mission Cobra Island. Yeah. Um, and it, so we've been it, – it's kind of like a you know we get on these little like different different paths and rabbit holes with this stuff. But collectibles are doing really good, um, again, because a lot of these folks are going to buy it anyway. You would think that with the huge unemployment numbers we have in this country right now, people would be spending less on this. Mm-hmm. But there's this other side of the scale, which is that people that stayed employed have not taken their vacations this year. They haven't spent the big money on the birthday parties and all of this stuff going on. So the disposable income's still there, so they're still buying their collectibles. And then the other thing that's really just emerging, and it's it, sometimes, you know, things happen, but it takes months for, like, the picture to become clear enough to understand why and how it's happening. The secondary market with the scalpers or the flippers or the resellers, whatever you want to call them, has actually increased this summer. And the theory on it at retail is that a lot of folks that have unfortunately lost their jobs this year have realized that that is a potential income source. And on some of these items, like the Marvel Legends and the Classified series, they realize that they can flip a $20 figure for $70, $50 profit right there. So these folks are back to, uh, as, I, as I put it, like it was in the 90s when I, when I worked at Walmart. Um, they'd be outside the door at 7 o'clock in the morning. You know, you'd have 10, 15 people every single morning waiting for you to turn the key and unlock the door, and they run straight for the toy department. And they try to get it, and and now there's more options than ever for them to flip it because it's not just the Amazons and the Ebays. There's all these different apps and platforms and Facebook Marketplace and whatnot where they can turn this stuff around very quickly. 
I will say most recently I've seen that with Target with the whole Galaxy's Edge launch yes. or or failure. Uh, yep, so to speak. Right now. Um, and, and I'll mention Galaxy's Edge because well, there was the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge comic mini that is canon to to the Star Wars universe. Um, that was done with Marvel, and that was one of the items was the trade paperback. Yep, that they were selling. Uh, so no, you did not have to go to a comic book shop to get the trade paperback. You could have gone to Target, but the nine the nine dollar or the nine ninety nine build a droid packaged mini um, action figure of the, mm-hmm. either the B series droids or the R series droid you know again 10 bucks i'm seeing singles the single figures going on eBay for anywhere between 40 to to 80 bucks for just one the, the whole collection of six i'm seeing start at 80 bucks on eBay i'm, I'm, like, I'm actually this i'm is looking insane. right now insane honda onaka the, yeah. the 1999 um, Black Series, loose, not even in the package, forty two ninety nine. I'm looking at right now. And then packaged is uh, in the $50 range on up. Um, but again, right there, somebody is doubling their money or more than doubling their money on those figures. Yeah. Now, 539 Hondos on, uh, on the eBay right now. Wow. Wow. See, I wouldn't mind having the Hondo in the the target exclusive box but if i want a hondo at this point in time i'll buy the four pack at disney yeah wouldn't you just go over and see the real hondo the uh, animatronic just tell them what's up i well i would do that too but on dis on disney property they sell a four pack of the six inch figures it's hondo chewy ray in batu uniform and porgs Interesting. Um, I think that's the four. But didn't they also have a have a uh, a, a set with like uh, Captain Pyre, something like kind of gold looking? Yeah, there was um, there was a Captain Somebody. It wasn't Captain Cardinal. Captain Cardinal wasn't out until Target, but it's being sold at Tattooing Traders at Studios. And I'll find out this weekend if it's being sold at Disney Springs as well. Uh, but that set was uh, Pyre. A mountain trooper, um, a first order mountain trooper. Um, oh, who else is in that set? Um, I think Kylo Ren and a and a regular first first order trooper. And then the third set is C three PO, R two D two, BB eight, and DJ Rex. So those are the three kits that are out there. So kind of switching switching gears here. Um, are you guys familiar at all with Jazzwares' new line of Marvel figures? Yes, because we actually did a social media camp, or I did the social media campaign. The Zotechis? Yes. So, all right, so you're aware of those. What do you think? I finally saw them in person at Target the other day. Those are pretty cool. Uh, I know they're calling them, they're not, they're what, action collectibles? Yeah, so Jazzwares, and and it's one of these weird things you see with the marketing of toys and collectibles, where you don't know where this messaging is coming from, if it's Disney or if it's Marvel or if it's Jazzwares, but yeah, they're, they're figures, but they're not figures, and they're not action figures, they're sort of like a statuary, so they are calling them collectibles, but collectibles is fairly innocuous, you know, this... This first line that's out, um, they're fairly affordably priced. They're like eight bucks a piece, yeah. Um, and they're designed to look like the 2013 version of the Avengers 
from the uh, Infinity comics. And uh, so you got Thanos and Cap and everything, and um, you can put them together, the bases interlock, and you basically got the cover. And then there's an exclusive uh, chase version of Iron Man in the Silver Centurion armor, which is interesting. I actually ran across that myself the other day and saw it. Actually, there's there's supposed to be a second, uh, if I remember from the promotion stuff that I got, there was uh, a blue Iron Man armor. Mm -hmm. There's the black armor, which is a Walgreens exclusive. And then I saw at Target two different Iron Mans there, uh, the regular red and gold and then the red and silver. And so this this right here, too, is we talk about competing companies that now are producing figures based on the source material. You know what this is called? This is slicensing because they're slicing the license. Okay. All right. It's, okay. It's, a thing. it's a thing. It's it's true. Slicensing, slicensing is an industry term for, for when they're chopping it up because, uh, you know, that's why these are likely what they are. They, they're limited in – in the scale, they're limited in the articulation. That's the way they do it now where you where you do this where it's like, okay, this guy can make the seven inch figures, this guy can make three and three quarter and six inch, but they can't trample on top of each other. Slicensing. Slicensing. And then I, if you want to get you get even smaller with it, you got Jada as the the nano metal figs, the little die cast Avengers. Right. So those are like one inch or something like that, one and a half inch, I think. Uh, okay. You know, I mean, I mean, you're you're getting you're getting the collect the the collectors because you know maybe they they get the the set with you know the red the the red and gold Iron Man, but now you want maybe you you want the uh, the black armor, and now you want the blue armor. Yeah, and you know what, Silver Centurion, I love that armor. Now you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, yep. you know, maybe maybe they're making four sets for the four different armors. Yep, and what what I think in particular is kind of cool about the Jazzwares ones because they're more in that statuary type of pose. They're very um, accessible for people that like, hey, maybe you don't have a lot of money or you don't have a lot of space, and you've been admiring those sideshow collectibles or the hot toys or the you know any any of the high-end stuff the iron studios and whatnot and hey you want a cool posed statue you're not going to play with it you want to set it on the shelf but hey you don't have 200 bucks a character but you can do eight bucks a pop you know and get that um that i think is a really cool idea because there there's so many different um levels of uh, interest and affordability and uh you know what people what people have space for so like i kind of like why i will never own a sentinel or a unicron because i have nowhere to put it you know right i, I would i would love the sentinel but now i'm right there with you nowhere to put it <laughs> it's yeah, like the helicarrier i i would i would love the lego hel- helicarrier I, I mean, the full, the big one, but I, I have no place to put it. I, I really yep. don't. Well, my, my brother, well, going back to when G.I. Joe was under the Marvel license, um, the USS Flag. Oh, hell yeah. I, my, yeah. My brother wanted it, and my dad said, if I get it for you, be prepared to sleep on it because that's going to be your new bed. And he's like, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, see, the thing is, I, I loved that thing so much, and uh, I had a ton of G.I. Joes when I was a kid, but the one thing I always fall back on, it was this weird situation where, like, there was one kid in my neighborhood that had it, and going to his house was, like, the equivalent of going to, like, Ricky Schroeder's house on Silver Spoons. Uh, because and, and keep in mind this is this is going on forty freaking years ago already, but this kid's basement had like full size arcade machines and a real pinball machine, and he didn't just have the USS flag; he had like seven of whatever the Sky Striker, whatever the airplane was that went on it, uh, and he didn't have just one Wild Bill helicopter. No, he had like four of them, and whatever the big chopper was with the two blades on the back. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, like that, yeah. that giant one. I had one of those. Yeah. Uh, the guy's got like two or three of those because his, his parents owned a um, own like a um, like a towing company or something. And they just like spoiled the hell out of those kids. So that was like that was the kid whose house you wanted to go to because he had the shit you were never going to see, you know, and in abundance. But yeah, I see. I, you know, uh, I had the I had the F-14. Uh, I guess it's Sky Striker. I also had the X One, which was oh, the plane okay, yeah. with the with the forward swept wings. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Well, there there was a, and I think the the toy stores closed now, but there was a a toy store up in Cleveland, um, and they had this giant setup. It was almost like a battle of of Cobra Island. So you had so you so you had the USS flag. And then you also had um, like the castle, like Cobra La, and you had the trouble bubbles and all this stuff. Now I'm just sitting there. I would just sit there and stare at this thing. I'm a forty something year old man. I'm like, oh my god! This <laughs> so I couldn't imagine walking into somebody's house and boom, you know? Yeah, and these were not these were not even like gigantic houses. This was a very very middle class uh, neighborhood. And um, but that dude had a lot of stuff in there. I mean, he had all the stuff you wanted to see. But and, and it's funny now at the time or, you know, in retrospect, because it's like, wow, they had an arcade machine. And now it's like for like 200 bucks, you can get like an arcade one up cabinet or something. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I, uh, I have Marvel superheroes and I got Burger Time uh, over here right now. I'm like, I, I had Street Fighter and the Star Wars stand up machine. So it's like, you know. And I was like, man, I, I, I like it was so about having this stuff. But I mean, who knows what that would have cost back in the day? I mean, the real the real machines are still super expensive. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, did you guys see the the new uh, Stern Pinball um, Avengers machine that's coming out? No, I haven't seen the Avengers. No. So there's one coming out. So we covered it actually on the Pop Insider and on the Toy Book. Um, this thing is, uh, I mean, it's just damn sweet. It's uh. It's an Avengers Thanos full Infinity Stones uh, pinball machine. It's called Avengers Infinity Quest. Um, it's coming out in three models, Pro, Premium, and Limited Edition, which Stern always makes the three models. They're actually uh, they're based not far from me here in the suburbs of Chicago, and they, they make all these pinball machines in the U.S., which is pretty awesome. Um, but these things are ridiculous. So um, on the low end, you could get the one, uh, the cheap one, for sixty two hundred bucks, oh. <laughs> or you could, you know, or if you want to splurge a little bit, um, the high end, which is the, the limited edition, that one's nine thousand one hundred ninety nine dollars. So uh, you know, and if middle of the road's your speed, uh, 
Seven thousand seven hundred and ninety nine dollars is the uh, the premium edition. Um, but yeah, those actually those went on sale uh, like September 9th. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty it's a pretty wacky. But I mean, those are machines like if there's a place near you that has a rotation of new pinball machines, the Stern machines are always awesome to play because they're like state of the art they have awesome sound they they incorporate graphics and sweet artwork into them there's a there's a place near me called Kristoff's that's like a family fun center mm-hmm. and they i don't i don't even know if they're open right now but they always have a rotation of the stern machines so they had like guardians of the galaxy they had the metallica machine um, Bat- Batman, um, and then I imagine if they're open, they will probably have the Infinity Quest coming in. But um, there's even um, if you've ever seen how on pinball they they sometimes have kinetic effects where it's like a magnetic thing that will hold the ball. When this yeah. game, it's gonna be Doctor Strange does that. So they oh, yeah. So they so they do that thing. Um, Thor does a does a captive ball thing. There's a, an Avengers tower that can stop the balls in midair. There's um, there's a Hulk element to it. I mean, it's really it's really cool. So hopefully, I'll get to play one one day, and you guys will too. Is um, I'm on their site now. They also have Star Wars comic art machines. Oh, yes. So we're talking old school Marvel style, or um, I think so. Possibly. The Deadpool one? Yes, they have a Deadpool one as well. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that game is phenomenal. Uh, uh, I that, just, that's a shop and take my money situation right there, too, to be honest with you. I just got to throw this out, too, because this is funny, because we've covered their, um, they call it their affordable pinball machine, which um, they just launched within the last year, and they call it Star Wars Pin. No ball. Just Star Wars pin is the official name of it. And they call that their affordable home machine. It's still four grand. So, <laughs> um, sure. So, so we'll, we'll say like, OK, you know, who is that for? Um, you know, I don't know. Oh, yeah, this certainly does. I, I You know, I'm looking at this now. This does indeed look like the uh, 80s Marvel artwork here on yeah, this it, comic art. Yeah, it doesn't. The the one, the, the premium almost looks like the Dark Horse Boba Fett, but it, it's it is more of the, the Marvel. Yeah, this is actually this is this is new art in the old style. By Randy Martinez. Okay, very well. So, um, says that uh, Randy's art first appeared in Star Wars Kids magazine, and then yep. he started doing cartoons for Star Wars Insider, and has done uh, stuff for all the celebrations. Yes. So that is that is very very cool. Um, kind of flipping, you know, you, you got the Deadpool we we're talking about, but um, I gotta say just because of the whole rock thing, um, this Black Knight Sword of Rage game that they have has like an original soundtrack with Scott Ian from Anthrax throwing down riffs and stuff. Oh um, yeah, it's uh it, it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. And then they've got Brendan Small, the creator of Metalocalypse, did yep. music for it. And yeah. then and then the wild card is that uh the custom speech for the game is Ed Robertson from Bare Naked Ladies. Oh interesting. So, oh, wow. So so yeah so that's uh yeah, that game's a badass game, and that one I have played. So, 
Well, speaking of that game, one's been around. Speaking of games, yep. uh, Sony did their big thing with the PS5 and showed us Spider-Man Miles Morales. Yep. What can you tell us more, if anything, about it? So they they've stayed very tight lipped on that game. I mean, Sony. Sony has an edge on the Marvel thing because they've got the the movies. Sony has the Spider-Man movies. They've got the Spider-Man license. So they've got the Spider-Man titles exclusive for PS4. And when it comes to the upcoming console war, PlayStation has a lot of exclusives. And that could give them an edge up on Xbox. Um, The Spider-Man title that was just out for PS4 has a gigantic legion of fans. That game has done so well. Um, When they revealed this Miles Morales game a couple months ago at the PlayStation 5 showcase, a lot of people wondered if it was like a sequel to the game that was just already out for PS4. And uh, they're saying that it's not, that it's its its own thing. Um, I did watch the, uh, the reveal yesterday with the gameplay footage. Um, I'm in. I if I if I get a PlayStation Five, I've actually been for this generation. I've been an Xbox guy, um, and I've got I've got a Switch here as well. I don't have the current PlayStation, but uh, I definitely want to play this game. They the uh, the look of New York City in it was pretty spot on. It, uh, it it looked like it captured the vibe of everything Spider Man should be, but then. Also had a little bit of sort of that Technicolor flavor like the animated film had, but without without going totally crazy into it. Um, and then there were some interesting spins on it, like, you know, they were going to have his mom be a politician, which I think is interesting because it's an election year. Um, so there, that's stuff in there. But beyond beyond what's been shown, I mean, there's not a lot of, like, inside scoop on it just because they held it so close to their chest to begin with. I mean, no one expected that game to be announced um, in June when they did the first reveal. Right. Right. So, so this, so this game is going to be kind of similar to uh, Second Son for Infamous, where it it's a, it's a standalone but still part of the the Spider Man game universe, the overarching universe. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, anyway. Okay. Well, I, 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 I when I found out that the that you know that they were coming out with the Miles Morales game as quickly as they were, I was excited about it. But then I found out that they – and I, I was a little sad because I thought it was just going to be exclusively for the PS5. When I found out they're coming out with the PS4 version, I was like – you know, because I have to admit, like, I loved the Spider-Man game. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, and and actually it's kind, of a, it's kind of a special thing for me now because I finished it on the day that Stan Lee died. So, so it's just kind of sort of like that. That was like, okay, so that game's kind of special to me. And now to find out that, you know, the, I mean, this is a heck of a kickoff, you know, that, you know, PS5, everybody, it's not like you really got to sell it, but it's PS5 and we're going to kick this off with, you know, oh yeah, by the way, we have the Miles Morales game. I, I, you know, it, does it really get that, does it get bigger than that? You know, um, 
Like, it's not like you got to twist my arm, but, you know, if you want to make it a shove and take my money situation, there's that, too. <laughs> well, and, they, you know, they're really hitting all the interests. If you look at the titles that are coming out for PlayStation, it's like, oh, you want you want Harry Potter? We got that. Oh, you want Final Fantasy? Well, we got that, too. You want comics? Yeah, we got Marvel. Uh, you go down the list. Gangsters? Yeah, they got that. Um, horror? That's on there, too. Um, it, it's pretty much they're hitting every genre Mm-hmm. Right off the bat, um, which I, I remember back, you know, going back to my retail days again, I remember when the PS2 came out and we had like a midnight launch and it's like, oh, here's this new system and here's the whopping five games you can buy for it. You know, yep. enjoy. Give you, give us your money. for These might suck, but here, buy it. You know, at least it was backwards compatible. So, you know, if you just had the first PlayStation, you weren't completely stuck. You know, right, right, but yeah, what a what a different scenario it's become. But I I think this is really interesting too because you, when you think about the business side of it, these consoles they're they're like four or five hundred bucks a pop, depending on which one you're getting. Um, retailers don't make a lot of money on the hardware; they have like really thin margins. They, they make a, a few bucks, basically, and they tend to be price-locked to where everybody is selling that PlayStation for four ninety nine, and that's the price. Um, the um, it, it's, it's just such a weird thing because, like, now they're really pushing the discless thing. Mm. And when we look ahead toward fall and beyond, you hear about GameStop. GameStop's going to close stores and all of this stuff, and not doing so hot even though everything else is going up like uh gamestop just reported their numbers and it was like oh they're down like 30 percent but their e-commerce sales is up 800 percent because everybody's just buying digitally and that's the way it's going to be especially this new console generation none of us are going to leave our houses to go buy these games so it's really going to be interesting to see how that shakes down to stores in general and the game departments over the next three to five years. Um, I bought that. I bought the new, uh, you know, it's sort of the opposite of the Marvel thing, but the day the new Marvel Avengers game came out, I actually bought the new Tony Hawk game and I did not leave my office. I turned on the Xbox, I pressed purchase and an hour later I was playing the game and I had no, I no intention of going to a retail store to do so. So, but how about, so any of you delve into Avengers yet? Not yet. Not yet. I, I, you know, I, 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 I looked at the um, when was it about a little more than a year ago when they came out with sort of like their uh, teaser. I was looking yep. at it. I, I have yet to buy it. I, I want to pull the trigger on it, but I'm like, do I want to pull the trigger on that, or do I want to wait for for uh, spy for for Miles Morales? Or the interesting maybe- thing with the Avengers game, I think, is that no matter how good it is, there's still a disconnect that the characters look so different than what people have come to expect as the Avengers over the last 10 years because they didn't do actors' likenesses. They just did their own thing. Mm -hmm. So when that first trailer came out, it was very jarring for a lot of people because of... They, they have that term for it, like the uncanny valley with film and CG. It was almost like that kind of effect where it came out and you're like, oh, yeah, it's the Avengers. But it was like kind of feels like what we're familiar with. But no, these people don't look anything like the actors. But right. then some of their costuming does. 
So, um, so I think that that left like a weird taste in people's mouth, but I, I think the, the build up to it as it got closer was more positive. And I think now that it's been out, people seem to be into it. And then of course they're parlaying that into an entire Gamerverse line of merchandise too. So there's Marvel Legends Gamerverse figures that yeah. uh, GameStop is selling. And yeah. uh, there's some Funko Pops and stuff. So that's another piece, I guess, of the Marvel canon where you've got the stuff now filtering from games, movies, comics, and uh, every interest is represented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when the teaser came out, and of course the "you idiots, you captured their stunt doubles" meme was making the rounds on the internet. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I, I'm probably still. I, I am going to pull the trigger on the Avengers. It's probably going to be closer to the holidays when I do, though. And by then, it's probably yeah. going to be at a discount because it, usually those games that come out like late summer. We'll have like the ten to twenty bucks, uh, you know, hit on it Another by like reason why? Yes, yeah, by like Black Friday or whatever. Because by then, to Kylan's point, people are going to be all about getting Spider Man, right? Um, so there's going to be be that on top of it, you know. Same thing too. Anybody that's playing Call of Duty Modern Warfare right now, that game's going to get a discount as soon as Black Ops comes out. So, <laughs> and that, oh yeah. And Call of Duty Cold. Black Ops Cold War looks amazing. Man. 100%. You know what? My 16-year-old heart just did, did a little leap like, you know, <laughs> let's go fight for freedom. Now, wherever it, there's trouble. <laughs> Speaking of, G.I. Joe's coming out in a couple of months. October, the game. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The uh, Operation Blackout. But here's a prime, you know, really veering away from Marvel again, but it's like, why Why did they go that route? And it's like, it might be a cool game. I mean, I, I will play that G.I. Joe game. But, like, you watch this Call of Duty stuff, and I envision G.I. Joe scenarios. When I watch that initial Black Ops trailer, and you watch, like, oh, they're in the snow. I completely thinking of, like, Snow Job and the wolves running and the dude on the, the whatever, the snow uh, the snowmobile and stuff and thinking like that and then it's like oh yeah their aircraft carrier of course it's the flag and we're, we're back in that type of thing and it's like they could have very easily partnered with someone like an activision or something to make the gritty gi joe type of thing but i still i still think there's a weird thing now and it's, it's one of the things that's kind of i love the fact that gi joe is back but there's been this weird thing the last few years, and it's because of the, the culture we live in right now. It was like two years ago. It was still kind of like a, well, war is bad. We don't want to talk about war. Sell this to kids. And if you notice, too, like all of the marketing for like the new G.I. Joe line doesn't call Cobra a terrorist organization anymore. They're mm. a criminal organization. Right. It's a ruthless criminal organization. They were a ruthless terrorist organization for the past 35 years. Right. Uh, it's all those little subtle things you got to look at because they're doing the dance of not pissing people off, um, which is probably why the game is coming out and it looks more like cartoony Fortnite because yeah. they don't want people to think, well, you know, in the 80s they were taking orders from Reagan and dropping in and stealing his jelly beans and then going and capping somebody over, over you know, because America, we don't do that. But uh, 
but Call of Duty's all about it. So, so and, and then you wonder too, like, did, did they have to consult like the Reagan estate to put Reagan in in Call of Duty Black Ops, given them, uh, given them uh, instructions? I think it was like a total high five. Like what? What? So what? We're 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 fighting we're fighting Russians again? Okay, high five. We're good. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, I, it's right. one of those things where it's like, had he not gone into politics, they probably would have had to get his estate because it would have been like the actor likenesses. But because right. he was president, that now it's fair game. So they were able to make him a character in the game. Well, you know, I remembered. Uh, so right around 2001, 2002, um, there was the G.I. Joe uh, covert. I forget what that wherever line that was that, that was back then. So they and know the tagline was covert the, the terrorist or in a terrorist organization determined to rule the world. Right. And then because of what happened, 9-11, not long after that, for a little while, they met, they changed the messaging from terrorist. I think they went from terrorist to criminal or, or, or something like that. But I think it ended up kind of coming back to terrorist. But now it's – yeah. But now it's, it's gone again. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting that, um, that you know, you know you, you have that. And I'm like you. I'm sitting there and I'm looking at – no, I'm looking at Call of Duty uh, – Call of Duty, and I'm imagining G.I. Joe. Now, probably in the back of my head when I'm playing it, I'm low-key. No, it's like G.I. Joe special mission stuff going on. <laughs> you know? Yep. You know, to, to, and, to bring back to the Marvel <laughs> stuff, but you know. Hey, well, the fine segue is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. you, are, you are back in that world again where technically whenever that show comes out, it certainly seems like it's going to feel a lot like the Winter Soldier movie mm -hmm. um, did with oh. with some of that, like, uh, you know, more of that, like, uh, espionage happening and then also sort of a, a mirror reality to, to the world we live in right now. So, you know, the new Captain America is going to be U.S. whatever. Um, the uh, the guy that I'm forgetting his name now, but the guy that the the government puts in place to replace Captain America, U.S. agent. Oh, yeah, US there agent. you go. Yes, um, with like he had like the flag on his chest, like the white and red stripes and stuff with the big star. Um, I didn't really understand that line when I was a kid, and I remember seeing those pictures um, in the comics with the different caps and the different suits. But um, mm -hmm. so that. That will be interesting too to see how that plays out. I know I'm really excited because they're they're starting to film again, um, so hopefully we're going to see that sooner than later. Yep. I know the 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 little the shots that I've seen, and like there's one that you get to see at least part of the U.S. agent um, uniform, and I'm just like I you know. I want it now, but I'm willing to wait because I want it to be good and I want it to be right. And I know Mar I don't worry about Marvel rushing anything. I don't. But, you know, I'm like, you know, in the meantime, can I at least have, um, I don't know, uh, a, a Howling Commando series? Yeah, I had to bring that up again. <laughs> Just saying. I will not argue that. <laughs> Or, you know, give us both, you know, get, give us Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And then when we get done with that, give us, you know, Howling Commandos and then give us another season of, you know, you know Falcon and the Winter Soldier, you know. Yep. 
kind of on that same note, what about She-Hulk? The casting news is out. Oh, dude. I had almost lost my mind. Like, that was perfect. That was perfect casting, in my opinion. So, yeah, Tatiana Maslany is yes. the actress. And uh, admittingly, I'm I'm not super familiar with her work. I've, I've not seen the series. Um, but I was all about She-Hulk. I actually – I got in trouble back when – John Byrne did a run on She-Hulk late 80s. Sensational Sensational Um, She-Hulk? Yeah, I was in probably 7th or 8th grade in my homeroom, and I had a She-Hulk comic. And uh, at the time, I I fancied myself a little bit of an artist, so I was like emulating John Byrne's style and just had the comic here, and I was drawing She-Hulk. And the um, homeroom teacher at the junior high ripped them from me, took me to the office, and said that I was drawing a lady with large boobs. And on the surface, that would be true, but she was green, and that was what She-Hulk looked like. But yeah, so I, so I, I can blame John Byrne for that. And I, I followed him from Man of Steel and Superman because that was what I was so into. I was a big Superman kid and then went into Batman for a while, but then when he jumped over to She-Hulk... And he had a very distinctive art style. I just had to have it. So, yeah. So I was, I was totally into those books, and that's why I'm, I'm totally into this show. But, uh, yeah, if I ever see that guy around, I'm going to blame him for getting me in trouble when I was, like, <laughs> 12 or something. Dude, I, you know what? The thing was, I – We're, we're going we're gonna to slice John Byrne. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I knew I was smart enough to not – let like anything that She Hulk showed up in, or anything that John Byrne was you no know, drawing. I was smart enough to kind of keep my comics in my room because I was like my mom probably she's like oh it's comics I'm not gonna. But if she just happened to look and she saw the you know you remember the way she was drawing back then. Oh yeah. Yeah, my mom probably would have just promptly taken all my comics except for my Indiana Jones and just been like, okay, there you go. You're done. I wasn't even thinking about it in any sort of like sexual way. It was just like, this is the way she looks. I'm trying to be an artist. I'm trying to emulate what's on the page. And uh, yeah, that was considered naughty. Yep. Well, you've been really in trouble if it was, say, 30 years later and it was Frank Cho. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I guess to get us back on track to wrap up under Marvel, has there been anything Marvel that we haven't discussed that um, has actually been a surprise that's come out since the uh, pandemic has started with the virus that shall remain nameless? I don't think anything. I don't. I don't know if anything's been super surprising on marvel i mean if i if i'm being totally honest i think dc has sort of owned this summer with all of their uh fandom and their trailer reveals and everything um there i mean there's been some news floated around about um olivia wilde's spider woman movie yeah happening um but a lot of the stuff in the mcu has been really quiet except for the tv stuff um I still think we might see WandaVision by the end of the year. Um, I had heard that that was done. But mm-hmm. um, on the comic front, um, Ed, I, I don't think that there's been anything really. I don't, I, you know, I have a really cool local comic shop too. And 
I I just haven't gotten back into going there very frequently since I all of this has happened. I, I've gone maybe twice. Um, well, I want to say the biggest one of the bigger things that I know Marvel's ramping up for is uh, merch tie-ins with the Maximum Venom. Yep, that's about to come out. There are Funko Pops. There's figures, um, but uh, it's also been kind of quiet. Um, yeah. They they haven't, and you know we're on the toy side of things. We're really looking ahead towards the holidays and what's going to be hot. And um, Marvel's sort of uh, on the down low right now on that stuff. And I, I think it may have to do with some of this other stuff we were discussing, like what's going to be out there to push it in front of kids and families in addition to um, the collectors, because the collectors are already all in on it. Um, there isn't a lot of content that's going to be sort of like family focused for fall, except for the games. So, and I actually, I'm thinking that at that Hasbro Pulse Con, could we see Miles Morales Gamerverse figures revealed? Ooh. Hmm. Uh, so, so it could be that there is stuff happening. We just haven't seen it yet. But, uh, you know, these last couple months, I... Not not really a lot going on. I mean, we saw all the stuff at Toy Fair that's all pretty much come out now. Um, one of the other Legends elements that we that we didn't really touch on is uh, how now they're finally getting up to doing some of the character likenesses of the Fox properties yeah. that they stayed away from. And now that Fox has uh, been absorbed by Disney, those are sort of fair game. So we're starting to see those get in there which um you know maybe maybe that's the one big thing i do think was really cool is when they announced those 20th anniversary x-men figures Mm -hmm. um i remember when the first ones came out i think it was mcfarlane or something put those out back in the day when the when so brian singer x-men movie first came out maybe you know the answer to this why is it with the marvel legends line every male hero their name is displayed on the box, but 90% of the female characters, the name's not mentioned. Interesting, and I can't say that I've necessarily noticed that. Um, there are a lot of times when you will see uh, the word Marvel added in front of a character name, right? Um, which is like an overlapping thing with um, different companies that have different characters that are similarly named. Um, it's like Marvel's Captain Marvel or whatever. Um, but I have not noticed that with uh, with the Legends. What have you seen specifically? Um, it's been a while since I really looked. Uh, I know the last one I saw was um, the Invisible Woman with with Herbie, the robot. But it said that. Um, but there was a uh, the widows I've seen. Um, but I have seen some where you look at the box and and there's no name. And it's like, well, interesting. Who who is this? And I, and I know these guys have seen it because I've sent them pictures. Going here we go again. And, and is it the cinematic a- characters or the comic characters? Both. Saying it with both. If it wasn't, um, if it wasn't Widow, or if it wasn't um, obvious. Well, I know I've seen it with the cinematic, but it's been more the support characters, not the not the main. I will have to look into that one. But yeah, I, I would be curious to know what, why they why they're doing that. 
So, um, my children are starting to talk. You hear that? What do they think? Uh, I'm sure they wouldn't care. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a we have a new puppy, so that they're uh, all enamored by the by the puppy uh, right now. Any final questions, guys, or final thoughts? Uh, no. Eric? No, I'm I'm thought it out. Um. Well, we have enjoyed having you on, um, and welcome your your first issue with us. I know it's not going to be the last. Absolutely. Um, where Where can people find you um, with Pop Insider, Toy Insider, Toy Book, uh, and any other place you want to? Yeah. So uh, generally, you know, if you listen to this show and some of the other shows in the Weeby Geeks podcast collective uh you've been hearing my voice the last few months um doing the little blurbs at the beginning uh brought to you by the pop insider and that's the first place which is the popinsider.com and we publish a magazine that i think is pretty badass it comes out four times a year we're actually working on one right now that's a little bit different it's our uh fall holiday gift guide with uh, all things pop culture and geeky in it that's going to be hitting subscriber mailboxes in october so, uh, of course, the Pop Insider on all the socials. Um, toy Book is the leading trade magazine for the toy industry. It's been around since 1984. Toybook.com is the place for that. And then the Toy Insider, particularly if uh, you're a parent or a grandparent or you have, uh, you're going to be buying toys f- for children, for actual kids to play with, the Toy Insider is a consumer resource um, that offers up toy reviews and news really geared towards parents and caregivers and gift givers and things. And we're going to, um, on the 23rd, we're September 23rd, we're going to release our 15th annual Toy Insider Holiday Gift Guide and um, start making the TV rounds promoting uh, some of the new new toys that are coming out for this season. Um, so all of those places, you can occasionally find our editorial team. There's about eight of us uh, making appearances on television. Um, we do the major networks. We do the regional shows as well, showing off things, talking about cool stuff. Um, it is a little bit weird this year, too, because of the whole like movie thing. Even doing this very podcast, you know, it would be great to do a show where we had a new movie to talk about yeah. um, that we could basically chew on for many, many months um, and have a string of content. Unfortunately, we don't have that right now. Um, but, uh, yeah, so all of those places. And then personally, uh, you can find me at The Rock Father. On uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, all those good spots, and then James on on LinkedIn. So, sort of, awesome. sort of everywhere, everywhere and nowhere, as they say, uh, rocking and rolling and playing with toys. Well, it sounds. Well, I'll, I'll get this final thought. Uh, Zoe and I record the first episode of Adventures in Geek this Sunday. So, at, as those of you on Sorcerer Radio, it's it, it's tomorrow we're recording. For those of you on podcast, um, episodes coming out soon, as soon as iTunes approves it. So, mm-hmm. maybe when we do uh, the different toy reviews there, maybe that's something we could throw as throw towards the Toy Insider for extra content of that parent parent child review perspective. 
Never know. There's always opportunities out there. And then, of course, too, I, I got to say, we do every Friday on the popinsider.com. We do the We Be Geeks uh, podcast roundup. I usually write those up. Mike here sends me all the details on the week's shows, and uh, we put it together in a cool roundup. So you find this show, We Be Geeks, Wookie Radio, um, all of them. Keepers Geek of the Fringe, Geek Watch One, uh, New England Society of Geeks, yeah. and soon to be added to that list, uh, Adventures in Geek. Yeah, so uh, we put them all in one handy location, so no matter what you're into, you can find something cool and uh, listen to some good stuff over each weekend. Yeah. So. Well, thank you again. And Thanks uh, for having me. There's only one thing left to do. Thursday, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. <laughs> creature, and I will not be bullied by that.